So you fear, you're anxious about what? Failure. Sometimes you're also anxious that maybe your presentation may not be measured up. You may fall short of whatever you are about to do. So you become very anxious. As parents, what are we anxious of? Sometimes when your kids are going to school, we've been hearing of what? The shootings out there. You worry, you are anxious, right? You don't know what is out there, so you tend to worry. Sometimes you're worried that your kids will fall into what? The wrong group, will find themselves in the wrong group. So when they are going to college, you are worried, you are anxious, because you don't know that all the things that you've taught to your child, you may forget it and do whatever they want out there. So as a parent, what we worry, and sometimes, too, uh, you feel like they are going to make the wrong choice, right, in life out there. Are they going to follow friends out there, peer pressure? So as parents, we worry. And Christians, too, sometimes we worry because uh, we don't know. Sometimes we don't know that the will of God is not clear to us. So we are worried that we may not be in the will of God as certain decisions. When it comes to marriage, right, you're, you're not sure. You don't know what the will of God is, so you tend to be anxious. You don't know whether to live in the state or move out of state. You don't know whether you have to stay in your job or change jobs. You don't know whether you have to change your major in school. You're all, it's all over there. It's out there. So we worry. We are anxious of all situations out there. So even last week, uh, Hurricane Henry, made us all anxious and worried, right? <laughs> we try to take control over the situation. We worry. Is our house going to be standing after the hurricane? Are we going to lose power? Am I going to still have electricity for my medication? You know, you worry. You are anxious. It's out there. So with my research, I realized that anxiety is just the brain way of getting us ready to face or escape danger or to deal with a stressful situation. It's just the brain getting ready for that situation to happen. Your brain is telling you that something is about to happen. So you're just getting ready. That's where anxiety comes in. Hallelujah. Are you with me? So is it possible to obey this commandment. After all that I have said, is it possible for you not to be anxious? As the message is coming this morning, think about it, whether you can answer that question. Is it possible for you not to be anxious? You have to marry, you have to go to school, you have kids, you have, you have to go to work, you have to stay in certain profession, you have to change course, all that out there. Is it possible? not to be anxious. So what happens when you stay in that state of anxiety? You are at this point. You are anxious. You've heard this news. Something is about to happen. Your mind is getting ready for that stressful situation. What do you do? As a person, you try to take control over the situation. You start to take control over the situation. And sometimes, too, the fear of losing control also hits you. 
So after you try to take control over the situation, anxiety, more anxiety for because you feel like, well, you are losing control. Sometimes studies show that people that love to control situations are likely to have anxiety because they want to control everything. They are control freaks, right? They want to have control over everything. That's when you, you tend to find yourself in anxiety. So if you're not careful, you're going to stay in that state of anxiety. That cycle will continue. You are anxious. You try to take control over the situation. You become even more anxious. Then you're losing control and you're anxious. And the cycle continues. Physically, sometimes you get to that point that you may get panic attack. You start shaking. Some people get to that state that they are so shaky. They start shaking. You can see the whole body shaking. That's how much anxious they are. Some people will become so anxious that they'll have a, the blood, their hearts will start pounding. You can feel their chest really pounding. That's how much anxious they are. Sometimes you feel so sick, extremely tired when anxiety hits. So physically, it's not even healthy for you to be anxious. It's not healthy for you to stay in that frame of mind, being anxious all the time. So as Christians, how would you define anxiety in the way that would befit you, since we cannot do away with anxiety? I can say that anxiety is a signal alerting you that it is time to pray. Whenever you are hit with anxiety, it means that it is well time to pray. People out there, when anxiety hits them, they feel like they have to take control. This morning, if you don't remember anything, just remember that whenever you are anxious, it means that it is what? Time to pray. Hallelujah. So let's look at prophet, uh, prophet Elijah. Prophet Elijah was... Uh, went through anxiety, if I can put it that way. Prophet Elijah. We know powerful, powerful prophet of God. Fire prophet. If we all remember the story uh, in First Kings chapter 19, verse 1 through 4. So in chapter 18, he threw a contest between her, the prophets of Baal and himself on Mount Carmel. And he said that there's going to be a contest between the, people, uh, the prophets of Baal and myself. And the God who answered by fire will be the God of Israel. Hallelujah. Remember that story. It's a very familiar story. So he threw this challenge. He called on his God, and God answered him with fire. So the uh, prophets of Baal, they did not, their God did not answer them. So he tend to kill 850 prophets of Baal. He killed them all. That's how powerful Elijah was at that time. Then you move on to chapter 19, when uh, Jezebel, the queen at that time, was married to what? King Ahab. So let's read 1 Kings 19, verse 1 through 4. Now Ahab told Jezebel 
everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. So Jezebel sent a messenger to, uh, to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely. If by this time tomorrow, I do not make your life like that of one of them. Elijah was afraid. So as I read, just think about all the mistakes that Elijah did when he, was, he faced anxiety or he faced bad news, the things that he did. He was afraid and he ran for his life. When he came to Bathsheba in Judah, he left his servants there. While he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness, he came to a broom bush, sat down under it and prayed that he might die. I have had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. So this is the Elijah that we are talking about. The one who has faced all those people, 850 men, and killed them all. Now he is well anxious and worried and afraid because of what he heard. That Jezebel told him that he's going to find him and killed him. I'm like, that is a woman, but you've killed 850 men. Why should he be so worried? Why should he be so worried? The power of a woman, right? <laughs> so the first thing that Elijah did was when he heard the word, he was afraid. That's the emotion that kicked in. That is normal. Sometimes when you hear something, fear comes in. You know, anxiety sets in. That's okay. But like I said earlier, it means that it is time to pray. It's not time to take control of that situation. He tried to take control. So when he took control, what happened? He started to run. He ran for his life. <clears throat> so I'm encouraging us this morning whenever the bad news hits definitely trust me believe you me it's going to hit when it comes the first thing that you have to do as a Christian is to open your mouth well and pray what a friend we have in Jesus the hymn that we just sang cast it all on him hallelujah you are not alone. You are not alone. Don't try to take control. You can do certain things to help the situation physically. But as a Christian, what I will entreat you is the first thing that you have to do is to take it to the Lord in prayer. Hallelujah. Take it to the Lord in prayer. So Elijah, the mistakes that he did was he was afraid he ran for his life. He left his servants behind. He was lonely for some time. Then when he, became, he came to his senses, he decided to pray. But what, what kind of prayer did he pray? He said that, I have had enough, Lord. Take my life. Take my life. So when you are praying, you know, you are not just going to complain or nag or anything. Whatever the situation is at that moment, take it to the Lord. Be specific. Lord, my child is going to school. I'm a little anxious. I pray. I'm praying for you. You are going to go out there and come home safely. I mark you with the blood of the lamb. 
You are going to be saved out there. In Jesus' name, I pray with thanksgiving. Then you send your child to school. You, ch- you send your child to school. So the moment there's something, the angst start hitting. When you're not comfortable, open your mouth and pray. Don't take control of that situation. That is the people that do not know that they have somebody by their side. You as a Christian, it means that what? Open your mouth and pray. At that moment, the Bible says that in every situation. So it's not the big things. It's not the big things. The, bi- the marriage, the cause, the buying of house, the big things. The small, small things. The Bible says that in every situation, hallelujah. So for all that you know, uh, Elijah, if we know the story very well, did not die. The Lord swept him off to heaven. He didn't taste death. So he was well, anxious for nothing. He was anxious for nothing. So sometimes I look back and think about my life, how far the Lord has brought me. And there were certain instances that I was so anxious. I looked back and I said, I shouldn't have been anxious in that situation. Hallelujah. So as Christians, it is possible for us to obey that commandment that we shouldn't be anxious. Hallelujah. Matthew 6, 27. It says that, can any one of you, by worrying or being anxious, add a single hour to your life? Can any one of you? So we are thinking about what? We are talking about benefits of anxiety. It doesn't benefit you in any way. Jesus is saying that by worrying, sitting down and trying so hard to take control over the situation, nothing will happen, right? You can't add a single hour to your life if you sit down and worry and go through this anxiety. Nothing will change. So it's not worth Roaring. Hallelujah. So um, let's talk about three things that we have to do. I think I alluded a little bit into the first one. Three things that we have to do when anxiety hit. So when I was reading uh, the main scripture that was given to us, Philippians chapter 4, verse 4 to... Uh, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. That's where the main text is. After I read it, I'm like, what was the frame of mind of uh, Paul when he was writing this? For him to make the bold statement. You know, this is a really bold statement. Do not be anxious. What was his frame of mind at that time for him to make that statement? Uh, with my research, I came across that he was in chains in Rome at that time. He was in chains. And he wrote those epistles to the Philippi. So I'm like, um, what would make him make that bold statement? Do not be anxious about anything. So I went back to verse 6, which reads, Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Rejoice, somebody who is in chains, and he is writing, rejoice in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. He's saying rejoice is not because of what was around him, his surroundings, or his situation. Hallelujah. He's saying rejoice because of who God has made him. So we take it back a little bit 
and Paul is saying that we should rejoice. Then after the rejoi uh, rejoicing, he said, do not be anxious. So why should, should we rejoice? Why should we rejoice? Because of what God has done for us. The Bible says that he has bought us with what? His precious blood. You have been redeemed by the blood. Hallelujah. He has set you free from the bondage of sin. Have you seen addiction at work before? People that are going through addiction. You can see that they are enslaved to that particular sin. They, they are not liberated. They are not free from that sin. When that sin knocks at their door, they have to bow. But you as a child of God, you've been, you've been bought with the blood. Hallelujah. And you've been liberated from the power of sin. The sin can come at your door and it's not going to get you. You're not going to bow to that sin. Why? Do you, have you thought about that? How come that you are not enticed to certain things in life? Because God has set you free. Hallelujah. You've been liberated. You've been set free. The Bible says that you've been set apart. Hallelujah. And the ransom on your head has been paid. So you are, you are not like what? You are not ensnared to anything out there. You've been set free. And not only that, the Bible says that what? You have been sanctified. As, after the sanctification, he justifies you. You've been justified. Hallelujah. Church, do you believe that you've been justified? That you can boldly go into the what? The holy of holies. Our sister preached about any time of the day. Hallelujah. Because what? You've been justified. Hallelujah. And uh, what? You are Holy Ghost filled. You have the Holy Spirit in you. And you are the son, the daughter of the almighty God. So knowing all this, then Paul can say the word, rejoice in the Lord. It is not because of what you have accomplished. It is not because of what you have attained in life. It is not because of what you have right now. It's because of who God has made you. Hallelujah. He has set you free. Your sins have been forgiven. You can call him Abba, Father. You can go to the Father and ask of whatever is going on in your life, whatever is not right in your life. You have, some, you have somebody to talk to. Hallelujah. That's why he's saying that rejoice in the Lord. Then it makes sense to me. Yes, that's the reason why he's saying that. I should rejoice. Then after rejoicing, I'm not going to be anxious because of who God has made me. Hallelujah. Verse 5 says that he is near. Let's, verse 5, let your gentleness be evident to all. Why? Because the Lord is near. He is so close by you. So all that the Lord has done for you, he has not left you too. He is near. Then sometimes to what? He has to whisper to you because he doesn't want to startle you. That's how close your God is to you. Hallelujah. A song said that closer than a brother, Jesus is to me. So if you know this fact, then why should you be anxious? 
Hallelujah. If you know what God has made you, you can rejoice regardless. Hallelujah. You don't care about whatever is happening out there because deep down within you, you know what God has made you. And he is so near to you. Hallelujah. And because he's near and what he has made you, verse 6 comes in. Do not be anxious. Hallelujah. About anything. But in every situation, in every situation, so I think previously the preacher, men um, um, for the previous uh, weeks, said that just pray through your anxiety. Hallelujah. Pray. Just pray. Just pray. If it doesn't happen today, pray. Tomorrow, pray. The next day, keep praying. Because we believe in God Almighty. Hallelujah. So after the prayer... We tell him exactly what our need is. Then, well, with thanksgiving, we thank him. So the prayer, so it says, by prayer and supplication or petition. It's like uh, supplication. Uh, it's like asking God humbly. You humbly ask of God. You humbly ask that God will come into your situation. It's not time to give God's ultimatum, Right? God, if you don't do this by tomorrow, I'm out of here. No, God doesn't need that. Amen. You ask humbly. You humbly ask of God. Hallelujah. Then after that, with thanksgiving, you present your request to God. So thanksgiving is like when you lift your hand up, right? And you thank him. Lifting hand also represents that, well, you surrender the situation to him. You surrender it all to him. Because you are not able, but he is able. So you surrender it to, you, to him. Then lifting hands also represents well, that the victory has been won. Hallelujah. So you thank God expecting that that situation has been resolved. And victory is yours. Hallelujah. And um, one thing that I always realize in this verse is, Sometimes the situation doesn't change right away in whatever you're asking. It doesn't change. He didn't promise you that he's going to change the situation, right? We know that he's able. If he wants to change the situation, he is able to change it. But he said, after you've prayed, you cast it on him. He guaranteed something. He said, the peace of God that surpasses all understanding will be your portion. So that instant, the moment that you prayed, you cast it on him, the situation may still be there, but a peace of God will be your portion. That's when the anxiety is taken away. Because you know the situation is there all right. Somebody is working on it all right. You can see the problem in your face right there. But God guarantees something. The peace of God. Hallelujah. The supernatural peace. The Bible says that it's not the peace of this world. But it is my peace. I live with you. So if you want to fight anxiety, pray, give thanks, believe that God is going to solve it, and the peace of God 
who pass, which passes all understanding will be your portion. Hallelujah. So we are guaranteed peace right there and then. Right there and then. We are guaranteed peace. The second point is we have to rely on the grace of God. God's grace. His grace, Paul said as well, is sufficient. His grace is sufficient. Let's read something from um, 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 8 through 9. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. Three times. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. Hallelujah. So, when you still have the problem with you, you have prayed, you have given thanks, you are believing the peace of God is with you. What else can you do? Just rely on what? God's grace. The grace of God is sufficient. It's a lot that you can rely on. Why? Because we know that we are serving a sovereign God. Hallelujah. Do you believe that your God is a good God? That he's not going to sit and watch you suffer and be destroyed by the enemy? No, we serve a living God, a good God, a sovereign God. A sister preached about the rock, the one who is there all the time, the one that we can rely on. Hallelujah. Because we serve a good God, a reliable God, a faithful God. Hallelujah. So he's not going to let us down. He got our back. So rest assured. Hallelujah. Don't let anxiety take you down. Rest assured. The grace of God is sufficient. It's more than what? Enough. Hallelujah. Matthew 8, 23 to 26. Let's read. When he got into the boat with his disciples, then he got into the boat and his disciples followed him. Suddenly, a fierce storm came up to the lake so that the waves swept over the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him, saying, Lord, save us. We are going to drown. He replied, You of little faith, why are you so afraid? Then he got up, rebuked the winds and the waves, and it was completely calm. Hallelujah. So sometimes Jesus will calm the storm. He can do it. He can calm the storm. He can take the problem away. Sometimes he wouldn't calm the storm. Sometimes he will calm your heart. Hallelujah. He will calm your heart. He will hold you close and the storm will pass. Hallelujah. Do you believe in the grace of God? That's when the grace comes in. It means that the grace is sufficient. Though the storm is there, it's, it's growing loud, it's so loud, it's out there. 
is out there. You can see you are right in the middle of it. The good news is the Lord is near. Hallelujah. The good news is Jesus is in the boat. Hallelujah. Just get his attention. He can stand and calm the storm. But even if he doesn't calm the storm, he has promised us what? His peace. His perfect peace. Something that an unbeliever or somebody can hear and fall dead. You will receive that message and you will keep standing. Hallelujah. Because our God is able to calm our hearts. He will calm your hearts. Hallelujah. So I don't know what you are going through. Just believe that God knows that you are able to go through that storm. He is right beside you. And he's calming your heart. Allow him to calm your heart. Hallelujah. Allow him to get you closer to him. He's, he may be using this situation to let you know how big he is. So allow him. Don't get discouraged. Don't get perplexed or so all out there. Just believe in the sovereignty of God. In the grace of God is so sufficient, it's enough to carry you through the storm. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Is somebody being blessed this morning? Hallelujah! Also, remember what God has done before. Humans, we are so, our memory is so short lived that. You are going through something. For all that you know, you have gone through something more serious than what you are going through now. But the way that you act or talk, you belittle your God. Last, the first week, I think I don't know to preach about how big is your God. How big is your God? Just remember what God has done before in your life. So a preacher man suggested that as a Christian, you have to have a book or a container that you put all your miracles in. You prayed about something specifically and God answered it. Just write it down, put it in that container. Write it down because we easily forget. Then when you are going through something, go back and check what God has done for you before. So if you know that fact, you are going to calm yourself. Hallelujah. You are not going to let anxiety take you down. Hallelujah. Because you know and believe that God is able. He is more than able. He has done it before and he can do it again. Hallelujah. First Samuel 17 verse 37. This is David who remembered what God did for him when he was in the wilderness. Verse 37, the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of, his, of this Philistine. When David saw Goliath, what did he see? He didn't see the size and how he looked. All that he saw was an uncircumcised person blaspheming the name of the Lord. And he asked, who is that man? disrespecting our God. I know that God that he's talking about. He rescued me in the hands of, our, 
of lion and bear, in the paws of lion and bears. So he is going to deliver you to me. Hallelujah. He remembered what God can do. So whatever your situation, church, we are going through a lot right now as a church. But God has done something bigger than what we are going through right now. We are trusting in God. We are believing in him that he will do it for us as a church. As a family, I don't know what you are going through. Just rest assured, our God is more than able. And even if the storm doesn't go away, he will calm our hearts. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The last point is discipline your mind. Discipline your mind. It is hard to be anxious when our thoughts are centered on God's truth and faithful promises. There is no way that anxiety will have any place in you if all your thoughts are what centered on the word of God and the on, on the true word of God. There are so many lies out there. But if your mind, your thoughts is centered on that true word of God, there is no way that anxiety will find its way in your life. So the third point is guard your mind with the word of God. With the word of God. Guard it. Guard it. God, don't let anybody adulterate the truth. What you've been told, the true word of God. Guard it with the word of God, your mind. So, um, when you know the word of God, I will throw this in there. When you know the word of God, your perception in life is different from somebody who do not know the word of God. Have you realized that? When you talk to an unbeliever, you know, the things that they are worried about, it doesn't even tackle you in any way, you know, because you, your perspective, the way that you see this world is so different. It's so different because of what you know the word of God says about you. Sometimes they are so doomed in life. They are so helpless, hopeless. But you are all in the same situation, but he feels so hopeless. Why? Because he doesn't know what the word of God says about him. But you, you know. You know the word of God. So guard your mind with the word. Try. Whatever situation you are going through, because of the app and the computers and the iPhones that we have, just Google it and go to the word. And just read about that specific thing that you are going through. You'll be marveled how much the word of God is so enriched. In information. Like, whatever you need is in the word. Hallelujah. So know the word so that your perception in life, in situation, will be different. It will be based on the word of God. And you will be more than victorious. Hallelujah. So last two weeks, I think uh, we had our funeral. And um, we, uh, the next day, I went to work. And somebody called me and said that... Um, left me a message saying that I should call because they are COVID traces. They are tracing COVID. I'm like, oh my God. Is it because of the funeral that we had that people are getting sick and everybody is sick now? So that was the information that I got at that moment. And I was so worried. All of a sudden, 
I felt so weak and tired. I'm like, what's going on? What's going on? I'm like, oh my God, it shouldn't be our funeral that people are going to fall sick and all that. All these ideas started coming into my head. Then I thought about it. I'm like, even if they were exposed, they are not going to be symptomatic the next day. So that's a, uh, that's a fake call. So I called that number and nobody responded. It was a fake call. So I'm like, oh my God, I was worried for what? For nothing. It has nothing to, but because of what I know, I said, you're not going to be symptomatic. Because of what I know, I was able to detect that that is fake. So I don't know what the enemy is throwing at you. Know the word. See his tricks and his liars. And because of what we know, you are going to be able to detect that this is fake. This is not of God. This is not in line with the word of God. And you are going to live anxiety-free life to the glory of God. Hallelujah. So my question, that is it possible to live anxiety-free life, to not to be anxious? The answer is well, yes. It is possible for us to obey that commandment that we are going to live our life with no anxiety because we know who the Lord has made us. We know who we are in the Lord because we know that the Lord is so close by. We know that when it hits, we have somebody to turn to. And when we pray and surrender our problems to him, he is more than able. And even if it's not done right away, we believe that he's going to calm our hearts and give us peace, a supernatural peace, the peace that surpasses all understanding. And we are going to continue in this race of life. We are going to continue in this Christianity journey, and we are going to be victorious to his holy name. May the Lord add his blessings to his word this morning. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Shall we rise? Open your mouth and just thank God for his word this morning. Thank him, thank him, thank him for his word, for what he